0: Trying to time the market when you look at it, what if you missed it by a year or two years or even more? Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, with me. As always, on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome. How about you, Todd?
0: Man, I'm doing good. I uh, hope everyone had a an excellent Christmas, and you know the New Year's just a few days away. So, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, yeah, time to good good time to to be jolly, right? Definitely. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, people now now is a, a great time to. Uh, this this is to me, you know. I, I don't know. Every uh, I change my opinions uh, every once in a while on this, but this to me is a great time to to uh, reflect. It's also a good time to uh, be writing offers and to be busy as well. Uh, so I definitely take time uh, to spend with my family. I definitely take more time, um, you know, the week. Leading up to Christmas, to make sure I'm doing some Christmas shopping, although my wife is like a total savior to me, because if it was left up to me, everybody would probably get gift cards, mm-hmm. uh, and we would have probably pizza for dinner and so and cereal for breakfast. So, if it was left up to me, you know, Christmas wouldn't be quite as uh as festive. And, uh, but, but my wife takes care of it all, but anyways, spend a lot more time with my, with my family, with friends, uh, you know, new years and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think this is an important time for a couple things for me, at least, uh, first of all, it's goal setting. It's really thinking about and reflecting on the year. Uh, so right now reflecting on 2022, reflecting on, uh, what we did, right what we could have done better. Um, and and then really thinking about where the company is heading and where do we want it to be heading? Are we heading in the direction we're expecting? Are we heading in a direction we actually truly want to go? Um, what has changed? What is the same? Um, you know, so many things change throughout the year. And it, I think it's just important to really think about those things and reflect on those and Then, of course, create your goals uh, for the year, for the first quarter, and really hit the year strong. And so that's kind of a lot of what I do. But we also try to make sure we're spending time, you know, connecting with our brokers, connecting with investors, um, trying to write offers on properties, you know. So it's not, we're not just letting up on the gas pedal, right? We still are you know, mostly full speed ahead. It's like a freight train, right? You, you start hitting the brakes of a freight train and you stop it. It takes a long time for it to get back up to speed, right? So you've got to keep putting, you know, the logs in the fire, right? You've got to keep it going. You can't, you can't stop. You can't let it stop. And it's not like you always have to be pedal to the metal, right? You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be like just going a hundred miles an hour all the time. I certainly go a hundred miles an hour, plenty of times, but you also have to shut it down sometimes, or at least I wouldn't say shut it down, but pull back a little bit. You know, you, if you keep on, uh, stoking the fire and throwing logs in it, eventually, uh, it's going to get too hot and it's going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to wreck something right that's the same thing in business so we do have to slow down here and there but um i think it's important to continue to push on um and continue to reflect and think about your business
1: yeah especially you know with uh, stopping and going if you you know stop then it takes a lot more energy to get it going again uh, but if you just uh, keep a steady pace uh, that's a lot uh, more efficient and, and uh, easier to keep going yep absolutely
0: well, cool. So, Matt, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Investing during a recession. So, I actually don't know if we're in a recession right now, or if we're going to have one next year, or yeah. we'll have one in ten years. Yeah. But uh, you know, you know, at some point there'll be a recession, and uh, what do we do uh, to invest effectively during a recession?
0: Yeah, I mean, but by definition, we're in a recession. But um, you know, it, it feels different. It's yep. not like you're your typical recession where you got high unemployment. And so, and, and this one's got inflation, a lot of recessions, you see some deflationary things happening, or at least the recessions I've been really savvy, you know, a part of, I guess Um, you see some deflationary things happening. We, we actually might see some, I'm, uh, I'm more and more mad as I am thinking about things and kind of, I'm thinking we could see some deflationary pressures happening. Uh, I do think that could happen, Uh, which seems weird to say when we're sitting here at, you know, seven and a half percent inflation. But I, I don't know. There's, I think a lot of our inflation is caused by uh, still shipping and in inventory and stuff like that. But you, you're you hearing companies that have announced, like they've got way too much inventory of certain things right now. And so if we have this overabundance of inventory all of a sudden, because people were like, hey, we don't have anything. Let's order as much as we can to make sure. You know, all these companies are sitting on a ton of inventory and they aren't selling that stuff, that could end up being a problem.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's also some sales that I've heard what like Walmart or places like that, that are just trying to get some rid of some that excess inventory. Yep.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, whatever, we'll see what happens there. It's going to be interesting. Regardless uh, we're, either in a recession or it feels like we're at least heading towards a recession and maybe we come out unscathed maybe we maybe we do but i think it's important for people to understand that if we do go into recession and we do see uh i think more importantly because we talk mostly about real estate we talk about business too but uh more importantly like if if you are looking for opportunity. You're looking to take advantage of whatever opportunities there are there, uh, which in real estate, or if you're looking to buy businesses, um, you know, so if there's a recession in real estate, or if there's a recession in um, overall, you'll see some opportunity. So how do we A, identify those? But I think more importantly, how do we actually buy them?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a good, you know, to have some liquidity when you're going into a recession so that you're able to jump on opportunities that are going to pop up.
0: So it's painful though, right, Matt? Because we've got 7% plus inflation. And so if you're sitting here and you've got a ton of liquid capital, that means you're not making money on your money, and that drives me crazy to have all this cash sitting around. So we've got our, I've got money and just complete cash. I've got money in the market, um, which you know that's definitely super volatile, especially mm-hmm. as of late. Um, but that's liquid at least. Um, and then I've got money and some shorter term. Um, you know, CD type things. And again, not great interest rates. I mean, I'm, I'm losing based on inflation, but at least it's something. Uh, it's paying me, you know, I think I've got some stuff around 4%. Um, it's losing me money, but at least I've got that liquidity um, to be able to access you know, to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. So yeah, cash is huge as we come into a recession.
1: So, you know, of course we talked about this before, you can't really time the market. So you don't know when the rock bottom is to get the, the yeah. best deals, but how do you decide during a recession, like, like when uh, to like pull the trigger on, on a deal?
0: Yeah. And I want to hit on that timing the market. Cause I just mentioned cash. You know, I I make sure I don't have too much cash sitting around because if I have too much cash sitting around that, then I'm making, literally I'm making zero or, you know, right now I'm making negative on my, my cash. Uh, So with too much cash sitting around, trying to time the market, when you look at it, what if you missed it by a year or two years or even more, you likely would have done better by being in the market. Likely he'd done much better by being in the market. You know, so... Timing the market, having too much capital, just waiting for a recession, in my opinion, is a very bad idea. I just don't think that works. That's not a good strategy. Now, being smart about what you're buying and, and not being aggressive during times where you think we're heading into recession or where you go, hey, the market is just too bonkers for me. Being being tight in those markets, I yeah, that's smart, but but just shutting it down completely and um and waiting for that recession I think you're just kind of asking for um, I mean it's I guess it's the safest play right but it's it's definitely not a money making play um all right so so back to your you know your kind of question um I forgot what your question was, Matt. <laughs> that's okay. So, <laughs> I'm of course, trying to <laughs> think of it.
1: You <laughs> can't really time the market, but uh, you know, how do you know when the right time, uh, you know, during a recession is to pull the trigger? Uh, yeah, buying a deal.
0: Um, I, I think okay, that's that's an interesting question. Um, and, and that probably goes back to really my what I just got done saying, right? So we do, we never know how deep a recession is gonna get, all right, until after. Once the recession's done, we, we see how deep it got, and we can look back and we go, Oh, I should have known that. Well, okay, maybe, but probably not, because nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. Everybody guesses, and a couple of guesses will be right, but nobody knows, so we don't know how deep the recession is gonna go, we don't know how long it's gonna last. We don't know what asset classes are going to get affected and how much they're going to get affected and, and how they're going to rebound. We don't know what's going to rebound properly, what's not going to rebound. I mean, every recession, there's cert- certain sectors, certain things that don't rebound very well that uh, maybe just disappear even um, or or have some major disruption. So we just don't know how things are going to completely turn out. So here's what I would say. How, when, when do I buy when a recession starts? You buy when the deal makes sense. You buy when the deal can make sense financially. You look at that deal and go, okay, with, the, with what I know today, with understanding what's happening during this recession. Okay, rents are declining by 3%. Okay, great. So I know that I'm armed with that. Let's assume, let's do some assumptions with rent continuing to decline uh, by 3%. Or maybe rents are growing by 5%. Okay, well, let's look at, okay, well, if we're, if we're gonna get deeper into recession, maybe rents are gonna calm down a little bit. Maybe we have zero rent growth or whatever it is. So we underwrite, we do our calculations. We decide, is this a deal or not? Is this a home run or not? Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm still looking for a base hit or maybe a double um, during uh, during a time where I feel like we're in a recession. Now, if there's deals falling out of the sky, right? If, if it's 2008, 2009, 2010, all over again, and deals are falling from the sky, sure, I'm going to get choosy because I only have so much capital. I got to look at how much capital I have. Back then, I had very little capital. So I had to be picky. I wanted to buy the best deals. I wanted every deal, Matt, to be a triple or a home run or even a grand slam because I didn't have a ton of capital. If I had a lot more capital during that time, I could say, hey, every every deal needs to be at least a double, if not a triple, and I'll take a home run here and there, right? But so you got to look at your situation, your experience, you know, how much capital you have, all that kind of stuff. And go, okay, what's my, what's my criteria? But if deals are falling from the sky, definitely, then you have more time to be picky. Um, but here's the thing. I think a lot of people worry, and this is, this is, this is what I would hear over and over and from 2008, all the way to about 2013. Uh, I'm going to wait to get into the market. I'm going to wait to get in the market till it bottoms out. I'm going to wait to get to the bottom. And institutional investors did it. All kinds of investors did it. And that was amazing for me because I had very little competition, Matt. From 2008 to about 2013, I had very little competition and I was able to buy so many deals. And all of a sudden the switch just turned. Once the bottom quote unquote hit, once people decided that was the bottom, then all of a sudden we're getting 20 offers on the same deal. We're in multiple offers with 20, 30, sometimes 50 people like just boom everybody's in, everybody's buying, we're competing. We got to go 20 000 to $50,000 over asking price. I mean it just went bananas because everybody decided that was the bottom and they all wanted in. Well, then it all of a sudden it's too late. You know, it still wasn't too late because it took it takes some time to get back up, but Fairly quickly, the market starts to rise and, and then you're like, oh crap, I should have bought in the years prior. Right? It's okay if your real estate loses value as long as you're cash flowing, as long as you're making money.
1: So it comes down to stress testing during the underwriting to see, like, yeah. you know, what are yeah. the historical high vacancy rates, uh, you know, concessions, uh, what did the rents get down to, you know, that sort of stuff to see. Like, buy on okay.
0: real numbers, man. I mean, just just buy on real numbers, right? It's. I think so many people got this um, this attitude of buying on false numbers. You know that they're assuming rents are going to continue to go up by fifteen percent, ten percent, whatever it is, and they're buying on all these false numbers. That that just gets you into trouble. Buy on real numbers. What's happening today? What's realistic? You know, rents, Matt. Rents go up typically anywhere between one to three percent in most markets every year. Right? Sure. Do we have some time? It goes zero or negative? Do we have some times where it goes five, 10, even we saw as recently as 30? That happens, but the, the curve still stays at one to 3% rate, rate growth. It just is. So what's your underwriting look like? That's what your underwriting should look like.
1: Yeah. The people who bought in like Boise, Idaho last year and we're projecting year over year, 25% rent uh, growth for the next five years are, you
0: know. a uh, for awakening. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona is going to end the year in a negative rent growth. Okay. The Phoenix, Arizona and Las Vegas, Nevada are likely the only two markets in this entire country that's going to end the year, well, major markets, end the year in negative rent growth how many people in Phoenix, Arizona were buying properties assuming they were going to go up by five plus percent? You know, most of those syndicators, the only way they could make the deal work, most companies, the only deal, the only way they could make it work is to assume that rents were going to grow by five to 10 to 15% every year. And a lot of people bet their underwriting on, hey, inflation's going up by, you know, six percent back when they underwrote it six percent rents are going to definitely go up by six percent
1: yeah and uh, you know i'm also wondering like so with your current properties that you have you know you're heading into a recession is there anything special that you're doing to uh, sort of recession proof them
0: so um i mean we're right right now we're, we're busting our bus trying to make sure we're getting renovations done. Um, I well renovated properties, especially exterior wise, just, just looking good, feeling good, feeling safe, being safe that's really important. Uh, one of the things we did, uh, really just looking forward is saying, Hey, and I, I did this uh, at COVID, I said, Man, I just looked back, and you know, history shows us that C class. Properties just don't do well during recessions. It's just history shows us that they don't. And I know some people will tell you they do, but I, I don't know where they got that information from. They just they just made it up. Um, so C class, poorly located properties, you know, lower income, they just don't hold up as well. Okay, so we we made that decision. So we started getting into more B and A class neighborhoods. And we want to make sure our properties look good. We want to try to bring the reputation up as high as we possibly can. So we've been working, you know, over the last year plus. Uh, but we've been working at really trying to make our reputation super solid, make the property look extremely nice from the outside, uh, and then renovating units on the inside. So those those are things that we're doing on the renovation side. Uh, on the expense side, we're really trying to look at our expenses and control expenses. Those that's something I can control quite a bit of. So we're looking at what are the best ways for us to control our expenses so that if a recession happens, you know, hopefully we're in a, a pretty good position. Uh, occupancy, obviously get our occupancy as high as possible. Leases, we want leases signed as long-term as possible. I don't want any month-to-month leases unless I plan on renovating that unit or we want that resident to leave, but I want long-term leases as much as possible. So those are some of the things we're doing. I mean, just a real keen eye on asset management, looking at the books, looking at where our losses are coming from, uh, looking at where some of our opportunity costs are, Um, And just being aware of how we're operating these properties.
1: Yeah, the the more cushion that you can prepare with your property, the more uh, blows that you can take uh, from an upcoming recession.
0: As the recession really starts to take hold, your residents are, you know, they're going to be looking for new places to live because the place next door is beautifully renovated. And that's one of the nice things if you're beautifully renovated, it's harder for people to leave. So if you've already got that advantage, that's great. But maybe the property next door, um, they just finished their renovation and they need to get that property, that unit rented. And so they're giving a rent special. They're undercutting your rent. And so you're going to have some of those competitions. So as residents come up on lease, it's really important prior to even their lease expiration, prior to their notice Period. So let's just say you have a 30-day notice. Maybe it's even a 60-day notice. But if it's a 30-day notice, we want to be talking to them 60 days ahead of their lease expiration. Okay. Maybe even, maybe even earlier, especially if we're seeing residents leaving. So we want to talk to them early. We want to get them in. We want to find out what they need. We want to get that lease signed. So I want lease extensions right now. If they say, look, the place next door is giving me one month free and blah, blah, blah. You might say, hey, you know what? Look, we'll match it. Especially if you're worried about where your occupancy is. Look, we'll match that. That's fine. We just, we respect you as a resident and you've been great, blah, blah, blah. We'll match it. And so you got to get creative. You got to be able to bend with the market. Um, you know, it's it's that whole bend not break, right? Uh that's that's important, obviously, during a recession. It depends on how deep it gets, too. Uh maybe none of this stuff you have to do, but you have to be willing to do it if you need to.
1: And maintain or like keep up with maintenance, uh, so you can uh keep up your huge you know, satisfaction.
0: The, the number one reason why a resident leaves is maintenance. That's the number one reason. It's not rent price. It's it's not even location. Uh, that's probably number two. Uh, but the number one reason is maintenance. They are tired of you not taking care of their unit of their of the property they live in. It's it's maintenance. It's grounds. Um, uh, you know, crime kind of plays into that too. But it's just them not feeling good coming home. They don't feel good. they don't feel like it's home because you're not taking care of the place. So yeah, maintenance is huge. Grounds is huge. Um, you don't need to over maintain, but you need to take care of things. Um, so back to kind of buying in a recession. I think one of the one of the things that people have to be aware of, it, and I know some of the listeners are pretty savvy, so a lot of them are. But when you're buying a recession, and again, it depends on how deep it is, it depends on what it affects, but If it affects real estate, if it affects businesses, then when you're trying to buy that asset, it's going to be more difficult to get a loan. The lenders are going to scrutinize the underwriting definitely way more deeply. They're going to look at it, uh, especially if we're talking like an agency loan, local banks, maybe not quite as much because they're just not quite as sophisticated, but they're still going to scrutinize it. They're still going to look deeper than they ever have during that recession. And they're also going to be less aggressive as far as the lending terms. So, if you could get 60, or sorry, uh, 75% before, you're probably going to get 65% now loan to value, you know, debt service coverage ratio 1.25. Man, just over the last like three, four years, Matt, 125 debt service coverage ratio, sure, but they made some pretty good assumptions to get you there. So, maybe day one it probably wasn't hitting 125 it was maybe hitting 115 you know uh and so so now no day one it better be hitting 125 and you know what it probably should be hitting 135 and not not 125 so we're going to be you know a lot more uh conservative on how we assume the banks are going to lend to us. We're, we're not looking into thinking the banks can give us quite as much loan, which is actually good for you because cash is still king. And so if you have more equity, if you have less of a debt service, that's that's definitely a good thing. Um, so I think that's, that's really important to know. And the other th- important thing to understand is your investors are not going to be nearly as hungry. So if you're uh, a syndicator like myself, and you take lp investors your investors are just not going to be as hungry they're going to be waiting they're going to be looking from the outside and seeing what you do they're going to be excited to jump into the market when there's opportunity but if there's blood on the streets they're just going to not be as aggressive it it is, it is what it is it's it's how it is they're they're worried maybe especially you know some of them definitely will still be aggressive but others are worried about their job are they gonna get laid off or are, are they gonna get a pay cut uh they're worried about their business is their business gonna to- do well during the recession or is it going to get its butt kicked during the recession they're worried about their other investments oh shoot i was going to sell these stocks but now my stock value went down by 25 percent. crap now what do i do i can't sell these stocks anymore and invest in this real estate deal i'm going to keep my portfolio i don't want to take this big loss and i'm going to wait till the market goes up so you know there, there's less liquidity overall in the market. And I think that's important to know.
1: Another thing with buying, you also want to have extra reserves uh, to handle what may come during the recession. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think right now you definitely want to make sure you're looking at what your reserves are and you're trying to get those as, as, as big as possible, right? We're, we don't want to get into a cash strap situation. So, um, if if you can keep a little bit more cash flow versus putting it in your pocket or putting it in your investors pocket it's probably a good thing and that can be a tough um, a tough email or a tough phone conversation with investors to say hey you know we were paying you 12% or 10% or whatever it is uh, return on your investment but right now well, we just want to be careful with our cash. And and so we're going to be bringing your payment down from 10% down to, you know, maybe it's
1: 7%. That's still still better than having to do a cash call.
0: Right. But that, that exactly that, that was my point is like, okay, so now we paid 7%. We start to get our reserves amount, or maybe we pay 5%. Maybe we're paying 3%. Maybe we're shutting it off for a little while. If it gets, starts to get really bad. Um, but it's better than having to call your investors and go, "Hey, you know what? We paid you too much over the last six months. We weren't really thinking of, about a recession, so ah, we need some money." You know, uh, it happens. Certainly, there's. I think there's going to be a decent amount of cash calls coming. You know, a lot of investors are going to have to ask for it. But the problem with having to ask for it when a recession happens is the recession's already happening. And so those investors are going to be less happy to give you more money during a recession. And they're going to wonder, is this property even going to sustain itself during this recession? Or am I just pouring more capital into a dying project, right? And so, you know, you're going to have to really do a good job showing that and blah, blah, blah. So- Um, I, it's just better to be prepared right now. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall that there's likely a recession. So let's be prepared. Um, hopefully you're being prepared over the last six months because I think the writing's been on the wall for quite some time. Um, but if you haven't be prepared now, just start today.
1: Sounds good. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Matt, I, you know, I've said it before on the show. I, I don't, I'm not convinced that we're going to see this big, huge uh, real estate crash. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not convinced. Like, could it happen? Absolutely. It, could, it definitely could happen. But I, I think we're going to see very little uh, price reduction or very little additional price reduction to multifamily. I think there will be some opportunity. Um, I think you'll see. More on a property specific basis, market specific basis, I think you'll see some opportunity. I don't think it's going to be this 2008 crash again. Now, again, could it be? Absolutely. But I think you just need to be prepared for the opportunity that might come. The other thing, you know, if it is a 2008 crash, everybody will see the deals. Like if you're in the market, you'll see the deals. Um, but if you're not, the, if you're not, or uh, if it's not a 2008, you need to make sure you are really, really in tune with the market because that's the only chance you're going to see that one-off deal that ends up being a home run. That's the only chance. You have to have broker relationships. You you know, you need to be really looking at the market, be talking with lenders um, and paying attention to what's going on on a daily basis. If you're not doing that, you're not going to find those one-off deals that I think that's going to be the case in this time. It's not going to be everybody. Everybody's not going to get them. It's going to be a few here and there that are going to get the deals. And uh, before you know it, the, the deals will be gone and people will be like, well, wait a second. You know, how did you get that deal? Not me. Well, it's because you weren't paying attention.
1: And whatever this recession looks like, it's not going to be exactly like 08 because completely different factors at play.
0: Though. 100%. I mean, zero zero chance, you know, I, that was a Facebook post the other day, you know, and they're showing some graph and like history repeats itself. And it's like, no, it doesn't. History doesn't not even close. History does not repeat itself. There's lessons we get to take through every single cycle, right? Every up cycle, every down cycle, every cycle in between, we get to take lessons. We get to learn from it. We get to hopefully not repeat some of those mistakes, uh, but history does not repeat itself. It it just doesn't. Uh, I'm happy to have a debate with anybody about it because we can just look back and go, no, there's too much that changes. There's way too much that changes for it to repeat itself. You know, Uh, are there some similarities? Sure. Sure. Markets go up, markets go down. Right. But what else is, there's not that much similar, right? Some industries get affected more, some industries get affected less. Okay, great. But, it doesn't, it doesn't repeat itself. So it's going to be different.
1: All right. Well, whatever may come, I'm ready to do it.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm a little torn. The last time I didn't have, I didn't own a property. So it was really easy. So I was hoping the market would just go to zero. I was hoping I would just be able to buy properties for nothing. They would just start giving them to me. (laughs) They'll pay you to take them. They'll pay me to take them. Uh, But this time, you know, it's obviously it's like, ah, the double-edged sword type of thing. You know, if the market goes way down, uh, hopefully it Hopefully we've done a good enough job asset management wise, all that kind of stuff and prepared ourselves and have enough reserves to where we can withstand this uh, really bad uh, housing market. If that is what happens. Uh, So hopefully we can withstand that with our properties. I think we'll be able to, but you know, it's like, ah, how deep does it go? And if it does and and we're buying these properties for a super, super big discount, are my properties getting affected to such a negative point where Ooh! Now they're all of a sudden no longer my properties. I, you know, we're again we set ourselves up where we don't think that's going to be the case, but um, it's that double edged sword. You know, how how deep do you really want it to go once you own assets already? Yep. So, anyways, all right, Matt, um, that's my rant. That's my rave. You have a fantastic rest of the day, man. Make every day Saturday.
1: Thanks. You too.